Hey everybody, Happy New Year and welcome to the first Take Heart of 2021. Hope you managed to have some kind of New Year celebration, although I suspect it was probably on Zoom. Um, I don't know if you've ever had the experience of climbing up a mountain when the wind is blowing and it's kind of crazy, but it's, it's pretty hard going. And on the mountains that I have climbed, of which have all been fairly tame ones, but the mountains I have climbed, they tend to have kind of partway every now and then these stone structures or these shelters that you can go in, even if they're just a really simple curved wall that you kind of, kind of hide behind. And they provide this space out of the wind where you can gather yourself, gather your thoughts, reorientate, kind of check again where you are on the journey and on the map, and then maybe have a little snack and then head back out on the path and into the wind. I think, um, strange as this might sound, that there are parts of the Bible that can really function a little like those stone shelters do for us. Here we are, trudging along, beginning a new year, not in very good circumstances, and it can feel like we're constantly in the wind, being blown backwards and forwards. What's going to happen with the, when is it going to, you know, when is the vaccine going to finally have effect? When are we going to get back to normal life? We're staggering tears. We're going into lockdowns. You know, it's, it's such a crazy time. And there was a passage that I kept coming back to for a lot of last year that was for me a bit of a stone shelter. It was a place where I could come and just remind myself and almost pray through some basic truths. And it helped me massively just find um, a bit of an anchor and um, a way of then heading back out into the wind. And it was a psalm, Psalm 131. I'm just going to read through it. It's very brief. I'm just going to take it a verse at a time and I'm going to read it from the message because I love the way that Eugene Peterson uh, puts it. There's just three verses. But here's how it begins. This is what the psalmist says when he starts. God, I'm not trying to rule the roost. I don't want to be king of the mountain. I haven't meddled where I have no business or fantasized grandiose plans. So as we come into the shelter of this psalm and we allow it to help us just reset ourselves, let's consider those words. Um, one of the things that um, always amuses me when I pray those words is that I'm, I'm, I don't generally do them. You know, I am trying to rule the roost. I do want to be king of the mountain. I definitely meddle where I don't have any business and I'm always fantasizing about grandiose things for myself. So I find it helpful just to come to that and just to pray that anyway, um, because I know what he's getting at. And for lots of us, it's not just that we try and be the king and we try and control everything or the queen, but we try and we try almost to be God. You know, there's this great temptation that lots of us have to um, to be in control and to orchestrate everything so that it all works out. We can feel a pressure to be the person that everyone relies on, to have all the answers, to be able to protect those around us. It can feel like a real weight sometimes. And um, I know that although I spend a lot of time trying to be God, the reality is it's never going to happen. I'm not even going to be a king. There's actually something incredibly freeing to just admitting that and just admitting it to ourselves. And um, perhaps another way of putting it is just to recognise that we have real severe limitations. We're not all powerful. We are not all-knowing. We do not have all of the answers. We cannot solve all of the problems. We're not in control. 
And um, I think what the psalmist is getting at is he's just saying, you know what, I'm going to recognise that I have limits and I'm going to be okay with that. I think there's a real freedom that comes from being able to do that and say that. So that's how he starts. And then he goes on to say this next little line, I've kept my feet on the ground. And what I love is he's saying, you know what, I recognise that I can't control everything, but I'm also going to do what I can do. I've kept my feet on the ground. And for those of us who can get in our heads quite a lot, I know that's been a bit of my story with anxiety and things. There's something really grounding about just choosing, for example, to serve other people. If you want to keep your feet on the ground, serving others is probably the best way you can go about doing that, I think. Um, you know, it's just doing the hard yards of getting up every morning, putting our shoes and socks on and going to work or going to school or caring for the people that we live with. Serving. Mother Teresa once said, if you want to be great in the kingdom of heaven, pick up a broom and sweep the floor. I love that. And so the psalmist is kind of, I think he's saying, I'm not going to try and control everything or be the boss of everything, but I am going to keep my feet on the ground and I'm just going to focus on what I can do. We pray that at the start of a day or the end of a day. I can't control everything. I'm so limited, but I'm going to, I'm going to keep my feet on the ground. I'm just going to do what I can do. And then he goes on to say, I've cultivated a quiet heart. Like a baby content in its mother's arms, my soul is a baby content. I've cultivated a quiet heart. Now, one of the things that, that I've observed over the years, um, and Mike really has taught me a lot about this, is just that God speaks most often in the quiet, in the stillness. You know, we think we've got to dial up and get super spiritual, and it's actually often it's a case of dialing down. And in the quiet and in the stillness, we begin to hear him. And one of the reasons, I don't know why he does it, maybe like that. He tends to speak in whispers to us. Perhaps he just wants us to come close and really give him our full attention. And when, when we do that, which is what he wants from us, then we're open to being able to hear what he's saying. Um, but it's so often in the quiet, we'll hear him. And it's hard to have quiet. If you've got a busy job, if you've got a family, if you've got Netflix or you've got Instagram, it's pretty hard to have some quiet. Uh, and yet it can be cultivated. And it's, it's, it's worth, again, doing the hard yards of cultivating it. So it's just, I think it, with, with this, it's, it's simple. It's just not easy. So my wife and I, one of the things that we do is we have a date night every single week. And that's a priority for us. And that's simple, but it's not easy because there's all these other pressing demands, you know, that mean it's tempting to just not bother this week. But actually what just doing something as simple as that does is it creates this space, this quiet for the two of us to actually listen to each other, to actually hear what's going on in the other person. And it, in, in it, it just creates such a healthy aspect, I think, um, to our relationship. It really contributes to that. And so when we're talking about having this, this content heart before God, like a, like a baby that's just had a whole load of food, is just conked out with its mum, you know, it comes from doing the simple things of having moments of quiet that sort of, that are scattered throughout our week or throughout our day. Maybe the 15 minutes when you walk into school or the, the half an hour when you're driving home from work. Maybe the first... 10 minutes of the day before you check the phone or the final 15 minutes before you go to bed. Whatever it is, I'm going to cultivate that quietness in my heart 
Because if I can do that with you and be with you, then there's going to be a contentment that comes to my soul that nothing else will be able to give me that. And then the psalm finishes with this. Wait, Israel, for God. Wait with hope. Hope now and hope always. Hope is such a powerful and such a necessary part of life. It's such a motivator. It's what uh, keeps us going. It's what keeps us smiling. And probably for a lot of us, when we're looking down the barrel of the next few months, I know this is true of me, it doesn't fill you with much hope. Um, And that's where, again, we want to look not just down the barrel of the next few months. We don't want to ignore the reality of what we're facing. It's incredibly tough. But we want to look to him. Wait for God, says the psalmist. Hope now, hope always. And uh, we ground our hope in who God is has revealed himself to be to us. And he shows us in Jesus, he is steadfast, loving, unbelievably kind. He's never broken a promise. He is worthy of our trust, worthy of our hope. We can put our hope in him and we will not be disappointed. Now hope so often is more of a decision than it is a feeling. It's more of a resolve, I think, than it is an emotion. It's it's saying to ourselves, I am going to hope in you. We take that little psalm and we pray it. We use it as a little shelter. What I think we'll find is that we're able to keep going day after day after day. God bless.